Welcome to the Connect FCS Ed Podcast, where we talk about family and consumer sciences education. Each episode is geared to support, recruit, and retain the professional FCS educator. I am your host, Barbara Scully, and I want to boldly celebrate with you today, families and careers. Hi, and welcome back to Connect FCS Ed. Thank you so much for listening. Today's amazing guest is Miss Alyssa Maddox, and where she is a teacher in Austin, Texas. And Alyssa, her primary focus this year has been culinary arts, where she has blocked programs of culinary arts one, culinary arts two, and practicums. But we're going to be talking about classroom wish list because she's moving back up to the great state of Washington. Welcome, Alyssa. Thanks for joining. Thank you so much. I am so happy to be here. (laughs) Yeah, so well, let's bring our guests up to speed. What's going on in your life? Just a few things. Living in Texas, we got married during a pandemic after postponing. We're moving. I'm in the process of selling a house while teaching hybrid. You know, just just a typical year as a teacher. (laughs) Right? I know. We can do anything virtually. Yes. And I have done a lot of that virtually. (laughs) I think we all have. Oh, I'm sorry you had to postpone your wedding and... All of that. Were you hit with the severe ice storm that you guys had? Yes. I forgot about that. We were very fortunate. We'd never lost power, but we did lose water for about four days. And my husband was that Monday, it was a whole week. And that Monday he said, you know what? I think I want to fill the bathtub with water just in case. And I looked at him and I was like, that might be the craziest thing I've ever heard. And let me tell you, that bathtub full of water came in handy. And we almost ran out of water by Saturday, day four. And I was, as the snow was melting, I was literally walking around my backyard, going up to the gutters, filling up buckets of of water, of snow melt, and refilling our bathtub to get us through the last day. It was crazy. I'm originally from Nebraska, so I can deal with cold and I can deal with snow, but being in an area that can't deal with it and then just the whole system malfunctioning, it was it was an experience. It was a little scary there for a while. Yeah. Well, I'm just thinking the ingenuity. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't my idea. I saw other people, other people in my neighborhood did it. <laughs> well, they were very smart. Being from Washington, we've never experienced something like that, but I would not have thought of filling the bathtub. So oh, I'll keep yeah. that in the roller. Yeah. Right. Hopefully you never have to use that tip, but it's there. Now yeah. you know. Well, the more you know. Mm-hmm. Well, so let's talk about classroom wish lists. You are, oh gosh, four schools in seven yeah. years? Four schools in seven years. You have experience. Yes, <laughs> I sure do. And I, it wasn't intended that way at all. But the way my teaching career started, I so I grew up in Nebraska. I went to university there. Actually, my senior year of college, I decided to become a teacher. So I did the teacher route just the absolute longest way possible. And so I started when I was 23, 24, taught two years in Nebraska and 
I was like living with my parents and I just, I needed to get out and explore the world, become an, an independent adult. And I kind of just picked a spot on the map, packed my car, drove three days and moved to Seattle. And I had never been there, but I was like, you know what? I need water and I need mountains and I need to not have a hundred degree summers. So Seattle it was. <laughs> and I taught there for three years in Bellevue, Washington, a great school. That's up to year five. Yeah. Then my husband got promoted down to Austin, Texas. So we moved down here and I was at a school very far north, Austin, in an area called Cedar Park. So I was there last year. And then during the pandemic, we actually decided to buy a house, thinking we would be down here for a while. And that was very, very south Austin. So the commute non-pandemic times would have taken about an hour, hour and a half. And it is... I just, I can't, I can't do a commute one way that long. So there just happened to be a position that was at my current school in downtown Austin and it was culinary position and I was really excited about it and I ended up getting it. So that's where I am now. So a lot of moving around wasn't intentional, but I feel like I've been able to kind of learn from all of my moves and I figured out more about who I am as a teacher and what I need to feel like I can be successful in a school through all these moves. So I've already told my husband, this move to Seattle, this is it. I want a school that I can be at. (laughs) I want a classroom that I can decorate and stay in and, you know, just really be, be part of the school community. So that's what's coming up next. (laughs) You bring up something I think very valuable. What tips have you learned or what have you learned about yourself from doing all of these moves that will help you be successful to integrate into any school? That's a really great question. And I don't think I realized the answer until this year. Mm -hmm. The biggest thing that I need personally to be a great teacher is to be working in a community that's supportive. I feel like so many other things fall into place. Like, It might be nice, you know, the first day to get a tour of the school. It might be nice to know who's who within the first couple days, you know, and to really be integrated that way. But if you're in a school where there's no support or it's a negative vibe or you just feel alone or you feel like you're not part of the school community, it can make life so much harder for you while you're teaching. And I think for me, When I go into interviews or when I'm talking to people who are at other schools, you know, I always say, what's the community like there? You know, what's the atmosphere like? Do teachers like each other? Do people talk to each other in the hallways between classes? Do you have friends on staff? How long have teachers been working there? And the school I'm currently at, I think is a really great example of a school doing community well. When I was hired this year, I was one of only 10 new hires. And so many teachers on staff at this school have been teaching there for at least 15, 20, 30 years. And it's kind of funny because they do a lot of things based on hierarchy. <laughs> but you have you have teachers who've been there for a couple of years and teachers who've been there for 30. But I think it's a it's a great testament to any school. If you have teachers who are there for that long, who love the school, who are supportive and who are supported by their admin. So for me, that's like the ultimate that a school can offer a teacher. Well, there's something to be said about having a strong administrative team. I definitely agree with you there because 
I have a strong administrative team and I think it makes all of the difference when it comes to building that school culture is what it is. Yes. I actually, I've said this to some of my teacher friends before, but I have a principal one year who will probably end up being the best principal I've ever had. He topped everything. And the way he started was the very first day of new hire training. He led it for eight hours and then he was there the next day and he took us on a tour and he got to know us and he asked us questions and he led every activity. And then at the end of the first semester, we get a card in the mail from this, from my principal, one of my ex (laughs) old principals. (laughs) Oh, you know, and it was a letter to my husband saying, thank you for being so supportive to Alyssa during her first semester at our school. We value her. Thank you for being a good partner. And it just blew me away that there was that level of thoughtfulness that not everyone has. So yeah, admin, it's so imperative to find admin that support CTE and FCS, but also support you as a, as a teacher. And an individual because, Mm -hmm. wow, well, that's powerful. And that just says a lot about that principal's character right there. Because, yeah, we we are torn between our families and our career. And we're we're being split and we're sharing. And I know my own kids have felt like they've been having to fight for mom a little bit more this, especially this year needing that support and guidance, doing everything virtually. And my husband doesn't know anything when it comes to technology. He knows how to turn his cell phone on and off. <laughs> and I'm just like, dude, <laughs> I, I don't even know where to begin. But no, that <laughs> gratitude, that's huge. And I just know from moving to my my current school, which I've been there now for three years, and when my principal was a, he came up to me out of nowhere and he knew my name. That was huge to me. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm in, I'm in a building with over 3,100 students, 3,100 students and over 200, you know, certificated staff members. And, and he knew my name just by picking me out of a lineup. And I'm like, that was something. So I could really appreciate that principle right there. That's, oh, yes. If you're a new teacher, these are the questions to be asking. <laughs> yes. This is the, this is the episode for you talking about <laughs> building your classroom wish list and what you want when it comes to a school culture, because it can make or break you. Yeah, that is, that's very true. There are a lot of things that you will still have to learn as a new teacher, you know, the grade book, attendance, how to get to your room, your keys, do the doors lock on the weekends. <laughs> like yeah. those, all those little things that you don't think about when you're in an interview that probably don't, you don't have to ask those questions in an interview, but the first week of school, all of a sudden you don't know the answers to those questions. Who are you going to turn to? And it's really great when a school has already thought of those questions and they're prepared to help you on day one. That's huge. 
Absolutely. Yeah. So when you moved to your current school, were they able to hand you over your keys, your badge to be able to get in after and before school? And are you working with a, an FCS team? I am. So my new teacher training this year obviously was different because of COVID. Yeah. And my school district actually, I'm trying to remember the timeline, but we had new teacher training and I believe we had some of staff training and then they decided to push school back like three weeks. So we ended up getting this huge chunk of time where we got to lesson plan and connect with our team. And it was so helpful. Obviously, probably won't happen again, but the way they handled that was really nice. But yeah, with what was the second part of your question? Oh, <laughs> oh it's the end of a Monday and we're we're having a teacher moment. <laughs> I am I'm just oh well well I think you kind of answered it. Your school district pushed the school timeline back by three weeks. So you're able to get to know your teammates. And yeah. Yeah. Working with the team. We, I have two other FCS teachers this year and I took over for a, an amazing lady who was there for 15 years, who ran the practicum or ran the culinary program, tight ship. The kids loved her. She just, they, it's a selection based program. So I really have some amazing students this year. And so I teach all the upper classes. Practicum is new this year. And then the other two teachers I work with teach six sections of intro to culinary a piece. So we currently have 13 sections of intro to culinary this year. So it's a lot. Yeah, between the three of you? Mm -hmm. So I have one and then the other two each have six. Yeah. So it's great. I mean, the, the numbers are great for that class. So it's been fun. We've done PLCs on Zoom. We've met in person now that we're we're in the building and we're doing hybrid learning, a lot of text chats, you know, which just, it just, you know, when you can send a, ch- a text to your peer, like I did last night at maybe eight o'clock and I said, I have no idea what to do tomorrow. Can you help me? <laughs> and they give you a lesson and say, here, I got you. That's so great. <laughs> it really is. Oh my gosh. Have you ever been a singleton? I have. So when I was in Bellevue, I am, when I moved from Nebraska, I took on a two love or a two year culinary program there. So I taught, actually, I also taught health, but I was it. I was the only FCS, only culinary, only, you know, person within that mini department. And then I was just one of many on a CTE team. Yeah. So I've, I've had it both ways. I would say there's pros and cons, you know, of both. If you really like to be independent, being able to run a program by yourself is great experience. You learn a lot about yourself as a teacher because it's it, like you're it, you know? So you have to hook the, the students in your first level and keep them excited and engaged to move on to your second level with you still as a teacher. So it takes a lot of planning and it takes a lot of effort which can be really exciting. Looks great on a resume. It shouldn't be, you know, it's not a scary thing because there's other people in the building who you can rely on, but it is a really great challenge. But at the end of the day, for me, I love having a team. I really do. And it's, it's not even the lesson planning or anything. It's, you know, sitting in your, at your desk, having a conversation with another adult 
because maybe you haven't talked to another adult in eight hours <laughs> and talking about life and building friendships. And it just, again, it just keeps going back to that community piece, but yeah, being on a team, it's really hard to beat. I I agree because I came from a singleton and where there was a lot of other elements going on for me in that mm-hmm. in being a singleton, but then moving from being just me to being with, you know, a three, four person FCS team. Holy cow. Talk about a well-oiled machine. And here you go. This is, this is what you need. I had um, my, oh gosh, Sean, he is, he teaches financial literacy foods and nutrition one and two. And he's taught like a smattering of like child development and human development classes. But when I moved, he took me under his wing and he's like, this is how we do things. And yeah, it was just, it was just so nice to be able to rely and lean so heavily on other people and knowing that other people are going to help me no matter what, because we want each other to be successful. Mm-hmm. And it's it's always great too for teachers who have been at schools for three, four years, you know, who really, they've gotten into the hang of how the school works. When a new teacher comes in, it's just, it's so great to remember, hey, they don't know where the bathroom is. Mm-hmm. They don't know, you know, the grade book, like the computer system, the learning management system, whatever. And it's, it's great to also keep that in mind because then you can be that teacher to help them. And then that just, it continues the cycle. And I think that's, it plays a big part into being successful as a new teacher when you have those other teachers helping you out. Yeah. It's paying it forward, isn't it? That isn't that exactly. right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. So when it comes to your classroom wish list, as you are starting to scout new districts and you know we can it's like speed dating right (laughs) it sure is (laughs) speed dating or or it's a courtship of looking at districts seeing what they got going on and like oh how's your what does your cte budget look like (laughs) right that's a big deal big deal Mm-hmm. making sure that you will be supplied the adequate you know materials that you're going to need or you're going to have to you know pay out of pocket for your things that should yeah. be supplied but they don't mm-hmm. yeah so I'm just kind of starting that process now I mean and the what what I used to look for because I have taught culinary primarily for the last seven years but I've also taught other things but something I've learned is I'm not attached to culinary, you know, I love it, but there are so many other classes in FCS that are also just as great. And so for me, what used to be that requirement of it has to be culinary, which severely limits your opportunities because maybe there isn't a culinary position. You know, I've now, I've taken that off the table because even just to be an FCS teacher in a school and give those students that curriculum you are still reaching them in a way that they might not get in other classes. Mm-hmm. So subjects used to be on my list, but I've actually, I've taken that off because it's not as big of a deal to me anymore. You know, how about, is there a class that you're maybe just kind of hoping to be able to take on? I 
have learned that I really like those classes where students learn like life skills, you know, money, apartments, cars, houses. Now that I'm selling a house and the process of selling a house, I didn't know any of this. Those things that you get experience, you know, as you grow up and sometimes you don't learn about till you go through it. I love those classes. I've taught something similar before. That's one. Relationships. I love last year I taught a relationships class and we did Socratic seminars or circle time. Mm-hmm. Circle time made them way more excited than Socratic seminar. So we called it circle time. <laughs> and Fridays, we would have circle time and we would talk about real life stuff. And they got so into it. And I learned so much from them when they were just able, you know, we stages of dating or parent versus child relationships and just how do you navigate when you're a teenager? And it's great to give them a space, a safe space, an educational space where they learn how to have those really hard, detailed, in-depth conversations in a place where they can still learn and, you know, take these tools and go and use them right away. So those classes that don't involve grocery store runs at 7 a.m. because I've forgotten something (laughs) or seven at night because I've, you know, I didn't go earlier in my plan period. Anything is, yeah, it's all great. Yeah, (laughs) I agree. I, well, and just with you talking about, you know, life classes and yes, of course, culinary is a life class because we all need to eat and it would be deemed financially irresponsible of us to be always going out for breakfast, lunch, and dinners and all of that. But yeah, knowing, knowing how to take care of yourself nutritional wise is really important, but that financial literacy aspect of what you're referring to, I, I absolutely love that as well. I love being able to bring a little portion of my own personal life, financial decisions that I've made and poor financial decisions I've made Mm -hmm. in the past and be able to have that as a a learning opportunity going, (laughs) we always have something to gain from somebody else's failures, right? Right. But no, I, I love, I love financial literacy and, and all of the various aspects and, and right now in my interior design class, we're actually focusing on homes and I'm loving how we're going to be the next stage in this is going about and finding, okay, your dream home, how much does that cost? You know, right. So mm-hmm. that, that's kind of the, the, the evolution of my teaching for this interior, the interior design too. So I love that. Yeah. That was so much fun. <laughs> well, so, okay. So we got your supportive community. Gratitude to families is kind of what I'm, I'm thinking of it. Keys, a FCS community or a, a CTE PLC being how important it is. We have your wish list of maybe some new classes on the horizon that you would be very open to taking on. What other tips or tricks have you just learned from this past year in a hybrid setting that you are excited to bring into your new classroom, your future classroom? That's such a good question. That's such a good question. I think, man, 
There, there are a couple things that I've really reflected on this year that I thought I was doing well. And then virtual teaching just kind of came and said, this could be better. <laughs> we, we could do this in a better way. <laughs> and so a couple of things I've started doing. So, to, I mean, the, at the base level, my slides, which this might sound so not important for a lot of people, but for me, I like my classroom to feel homey, right? And kids aren't coming to school, so they don't have that. So my slides this year, I always have a starter slide and it's, there's music or there's a, there was a fireplace during the winter, you know, it's welcoming, it's inviting, it's a little bit of who I am. It might reflect what we're doing that day, but maybe it looks like what my classroom might look like. Not necessarily that Bitmoji classroom, which I also love, but I cannot devote enough time <laughs> at the moment to. I wish I could. But yeah, just creating slides that are intentional and in what's on them. So it's not 20 slides long, but also not just words on a slide, you know, being really, being really intentional in what I'm putting on there and making sure that who I am is on that, on that slide. And I think I'm going to take that with me because it just, it sets the tone. You know, I would love for students to see a PowerPoint in their Google drive and a friend goes, Oh, you're in Maddox's class. I recognize those slides. It's almost your, your teacher brand, you know, that's part of who you are as a teacher. That's kind of the, the elementary level for me. I've also, I don't know why I haven't done this before, but I've started doing five daily questions and it's for, it's a Google form, four questions about what we've done the day before, kind of review or application. But then the fifth is always, what do you want me to know today? And if they don't want me to know anything, then I have, you know, if you, you don't want to tell me anything about what's going on, tell me your favorite flower. What's your favorite smoothie mix? Where did you go out to eat last? You know, what's your favorite restaurant? What's the best lake in the city to spend? You know, what's the best park? Just asking those little questions every day. And one question a day, it adds up. You really get to know the, the students even with just one question. And I will definitely use that in the future. Oh, I it's, love that. It, yeah. And it's, it's easy. They do it when they walk in. You, it's done by the time class starts. I always call out the students who have turned it in as kind of like a, you know, way to go. You're, you're ready. And it's, you know, it's a, an attendance backup, which is great mm-hmm. <laughs> in case we make a mistake. Yeah. I, I really like doing that too. And also I think just going instead of, you know, trying to cover so many things and I'm teaching year long classes right now. So many things in a year long class, really slowing things down focusing on how I'm explaining something because I'm not there. I can't be as visual as I would like to be, you know, with directions, but really focusing in on how I'm explaining directions or helping a student or giving an example of something. And it's been hard because I am a visual learner. So when, when I'm in the classroom, I can go, Oh, let me show you a picture of what I mean. But I can't always do that. I have to, you know, they're right there. Maybe I can't share screen or whatever. So it's it's been great for me to have to really hone in on those basic teaching skills that I thought I had down. <laughs> and then they're tested in this crazy year that we're in. And it just, it gave me an opportunity to improve, yeah. which in the long run, it'll make me a better teacher right now. 
sometimes it's stressful. <laughs> well, I, I definitely can relate to that personalization when it comes mm-hmm. to your slides. For me, I know I'm friends who are always telling me, oh my gosh, you overdo it way too much. You're making, you're making us look bad. It's like, I'm not trying to, this is just my own, <laughs> my personal brand. This is, this is what my team's classroom looks like. And, and I love it and I'm so proud of it. And my students, they love it because it's got, it's very clear. And I do my digital notebook on, and we're going into kitchen safety and I have created a presentation with inside of a presentation where for both my at-home learners and for my in-person learners, we're able to do things, be on the same page. And my in-person students, if they need to watch, like, let's say the, the lesson on foodborne illnesses again, it's embedded inside of the whole presentation their notebook. So they are able to rewatch it again. And that's the same thing with my at-home learners who they check in, they say, we understand what's going on. I don't need any help. And they're my, my high flyers. And I'm like, okay. And they do it. And it's just by, that's the thing that I've really enjoyed throughout this year has been evolving my own practice and my methods and seeing what works, like you said, and what doesn't. I love that you're able to do that daily check-in forms. I love that. I don't feel like I can do that with the way our the, our Microsoft system is set up. It, it's, it seems complicated. I've tried to simplify it, but also at the same time, I've not really tried that hard <laughs> to, <laughs> to see if I can make it work. But I do do a like a a survey at the beginning of the trimester. I do like a technology survey to see, oh, do you know if you have a problem with your technology, do you know how to get help? Do you know where who to contact to get help? If they say no, then I'm able to give them that direct information. I do a student survey asking them a couple of series of questions and then saying, what concerns do you have? for this school year or trimester or our class, whatever it is. And then I have another question, uh, another one where I say, ask me anything. And it's, and literally anything. And then I address it during our class. I don't say who asked the question. I just, I go about answering it going, I, I'm an open book. You, everybody's been in my house now. So, right. <laughs> I feel like we have a really good community going on. You see where I live. You've met my pets. You've met my kids. You've seen my mess behind my house. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You've seen it all. So ask me anything. And (laughs) and they have, and they've loved that. They love that. So it's all about building that, that community and that culture and, I applaud you for your growth. <laughs> and I think, I mean, I think every teacher is going through it. We, we are all learning how to survive. I mean, it really is just a year of survival and not only just for us, but we're, you know, how 30 kids in every class potentially, you know, and we, in, in a regular year, we're managing 
their lives too, you know, whatever they bring into our class. But now they're bringing all those teenage things plus everything that comes in with the pandemic. So I think just, I mean, teachers need, they deserve a pat on the back because it is, it's been a rough year, but I think now that we're kind of coming to towards the end of we're we're, we're screeching across. We're getting there. to that finish line. <laughs> we can't quite see the light at the end of the tunnel, but we know it's there. It's there. It, we, we, hopefully, it's there. Hopefully, there. <laughs> they keep. It moving. better be there. I know they keep moving my end date. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, ours was moved like, too. You dare? <laughs> I know. Oh yeah. Plan that vacation for the day after, so you are ready to relax. <laughs> Oh, I, yep. I, my, tri- my trips are all planned. I'm mm-hmm. ready. Oh, well, so are you a Google or I guess with all of your experiences of various classrooms, are you familiar with Google? Are you familiar with Microsoft or Schoology, Canvas? What? Yeah. So I have been, I went, I started with Google. I went to Microsoft in in Bellevue, which makes sense. Mm-hmm. Last year I was back to Google Classroom, and this year I'm Canvas. My so I've, you I've are... done it all, and I have to say, Canvas might be my favorite. And we we get to mix in Google, so it's kind of a, a hybrid of sorts, which makes it easier. But yeah, I I've been loving Canvas this year. Well, there you have it, friends. If you are having any trouble with either Google, Microsoft, or Canvas, Alyssa here is the person that you want to reach out to. (laughs) Or maybe I know who to reach out to. (laughs) I'll help you find that person. (laughs) I I love Canvas. I'm a huge, huge advocate for Canvas just with the easy integration and, oh gosh, the commons. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love the commons. It's great. It really is. It really is. And if you're listening and you don't know what I'm talking about, there's Canvas. It's a learning management system. So LMS. And they are, you could actually get a free teacher account just by signing up uh, using your school district email. You don't have to be associated with any school district or no, your school district does not have to have a Canvas license. That's what I'm trying to say. So you could get a free account and you could build your own Canvas module and you could have it as backup. It really is amazing. And you're able to look up what other teachers have already created in the commons and you could import a completely different teacher that you've never met into your own for your own classroom and have their modules and their units and their assignments and and you can just kind of pick and choose what you want and kind of build your a future class. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, it, and it's been a great tool this year too. Even even having to learn it this year for the first time. It I mean, you go through basic Canvas tutorials and it it really is once you learn the basics. I know I'm at the point right now where I don't know what I don't know. With Canvas, you know, I know there's a whole world of Canvas that I haven't even come across yet. But from what I do know right now and what I've been able to do, I it's been great. The cohesion between Canvas and other programs, I've really enjoyed. Google works really well with it. 
yeah, it's, it's just been a great choice. Yeah. So if you're at all curious about playing around with the canvas, I strongly encourage you to do so. It's canvas in structure is the, just type it into your, your Google Chrome address bar and it'll pop up very quickly. And so you could start exploring. And I know that's exactly what people want to hear. Explore some more. No, thank you. I am done. (laughs) We're just making it through this year. Maybe this summer when you're thinking of next year. Yep. I know we're all thinking, let's just, let's just, Uh let's just get done. (laughs) Yes. Well, Alyssa, this has been an absolute joy and thank you so much for taking the time out of your hectic and busy (laughs) life of moving and boxes and lesson planning and trying to figure out what we're doing tomorrow. And because we did, what did we do today? (laughs) (laughs) All all of the things, all of the things, honestly, this has been a blast meeting you and I'm excited for where your future is going to take you. I'm excited. I am too. Thank you for having me. I am also excited. I'm ready to find a place in a school and be there for a while. (laughs) There you have it, friends. If you know anybody in the Washington, Western Washington. (laughs) Yes, please. uh, The Seattle, the greater Seattle area, northbound along that I-5 corridor, then Alyssa here is looking for uh, a job. Maybe she's <laughs> going to be your your next uh, FCS partner. Wouldn't yeah. that be exciting? Yeah, shameless advertising. I love it. Thank you. No shame. No, <laughs> no shame at all. <laughs> Helping each other out. <laughs> yep. Well, thank you again. And as always, we are better together when we can learn and serve from one another. So thanks again for taking the time and we'll talk to you soon. Definitely. Thank you. Thank you for joining the conversation today. Each episode on the Connect FCS Ed podcast, we boldly celebrate families and careers by providing inspiration, support, and resources for teachers, students, and families everywhere. If you could do me a quick favor please leave me a five-star review on iTunes. My mission is to get this out in front of as many people as possible to help educate and inform the community that home economics is alive and well. Thanks again for spending your time with me today and be sure to visit fcspodcast.com for past episodes and resources to help spread the word that family and consumer sciences is today's home economics.